Blog Talk Radio. We've had the best football picks for a decade, and we ain't stopping now. Live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 10th season, this is In Much Less Detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay Andre. We are live and getting you ready for conference championship weekend. It is upon us and it is going to go down in a few hours. We got your everything you need to know for to these two games coming up for the AFC and NFC Conference Championship, the right to play in the Super Duper Bowl. Big day for you this morning. We are in much less detail, and we are live on a Sunday morning, January 29th, 2023. I'm Dre, he's Jay. I might be half of Dre, depending on how bad my connection is coming in and out, because I am again on the Wi-Fi at my wife's uncle's house. Jay, how bad is it so far? You're coming in at about 60%. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Um, so so I can tell you're gonna... hyped. I can definitely sense the enthusiasm, <laughs> even though I can barely hear what you're saying. You're pumped. You can, t- you can tell how excited I am, even though you don't know what the I'm actually saying. All right, wonderful. Uh, we, if, if it's too bad, uh, Jay will let me know, and I'll try to come out and come back in and see if that improves things, because we did a whole show under these same circumstances where I – but I will say this Wi-Fi is very janky. Uh, we were, my wife and I were sitting downstairs, not even upstairs. We're downstairs on the same floor as the router last night, and our Wi-Fi was going out. Uh, it just went a couple of times, just totally. Uh, so it's just, it's a, it's a bad Wi-Fi. It's, it's just a bad situation. Uh, we're gonna have to do the best we can uh, with, with what we got. Well, I'm ready. We can get to this. We got 90 minutes of uh, recap, and somehow we'll find a way to pick two games in 90 seconds, uh, or less than that if uh, if I really go out and just completely drop, which is uh, always a possibility. Uh, I have to uh, get to a recap of last week to see where we're going this week, as far as our playoff point system for our handicapping contest. I came in last week up a little less than three points on Jay, and we only differed on one game, and that game was where he wrote the he lived to, to rue that and, and regret it, and I had the 49ers, so that gave me six points total last weekend because we both got the Eagles game correct uh, to Jay's three. Uh, for the playoffs, that puts me on 11-4 to Jay's 105.6, so a uh, little less than a five-point lead on Jay with two games today worth five points each. And, of course, the Super Duper Bowl worth eight points. So that puts us in the situation that uh, Jay's already taken me in the wait to see if he let me take and just concur and push the whole thing off to the Super Bowl where whoever wins the Super Bowl wins the, uh, the handicapping contest, or does he feel so strongly about 
one or both of these two games that he's going to go with his pick no matter what I do. Uh, so that's the thing. He knows he has to. Uh, he doesn't. Have, well, he doesn't have to differ with me on either one. He could just go to the Super Bowl and win. Uh, but he could differ on one or both. We'll see how that breaks down uh, later on. Um, am I still doing? It's bad. Okay. Uh, so give me a minute. I'm going to go out and come back in as a guest to see it's a better connection that way, um, and we'll see how that works. All right. Well, we're waiting for Dre, uh, you know, so we can get him back into the show and hopefully hear everything okay. We get to talk about what was, yeah, crazy uh, divisional round after we had a crazy wild card weekend. Uh, we'll see if the quality of play improves. Get to uh, making these picks. Hopefully we leave ourselves ample time to make the picks. Dre's, I know, waiting anxiously to find out how I'm going to make him play this. Do I feel so strongly in my picks? that I dare go against him and leave myself open to having this whole thing end right now, uh, which sounds crazy, but I've done it in the past. Um, But one loss knocks me out of this thing completely. Um, I would either need a split or a total sweep of the weekend picks over Dre by disagreeing with him to have a chance of either making him pick the Super Bowl or being in the lead, or I could decide to heck with it. I'm just going to punt. This doesn't matter what I think of these games. Either way, we're still going to pick them. We're still going to give our thoughts, but I could just say, you know what, pick the Super Bowl and uh, and earn earn the win. You know, we're making, the whole season comes down to, to one game, which would be fitting, I guess, in a season where everything came down to us only being one game apart after 270-some-odd football games this year to have the whole thing come down to one game. So we'll see. I I don't want to give it away because I've gone on both sides. Plus I haven't heard Dre's picks yet. Dre might pick some stuff that's just like so out of left field that I just have to disagree with him, which that happened a few years ago on the show where I felt so strongly about my championship weekend picks, even though disagreeing with him made no sense. And I ended up sweeping the weekend um, sort of somewhat miraculously. Let's see if we get Dre back into the show here again. Hello, caller. You are live. Yeah, I'm trying to be a whole football podcast. But does it sound any better so far? No. <laughs> okay, I will now leave and come back in on the phone. All right, sounds good. So we will wait for Dre to get the phone out. He'll, you know, the audio quality on the phone connection isn't always the best, but it's consistent. So at least you can hear what he's saying, even though it might not necessarily be as uh, audible sometimes as I think when we do this through the headsets. Uh, there's also a little bit of a delay when he calls in, uh, so we kind of talk over each other sometimes. But that's old school. We'll get this show done. We're going to power through this, and we're going to make this thing happen. Uh, we got a week to recap. We give our best, our worst, our smartest, our stupidest, surprise letdown, our Joe name it's struggling, and... Our Danielle, I have to be uh, censoring myself today, being that it's a Sunday and the kids are awake. It always happens. So uh, part of Dre's entertainment for the shows like this is me trying to say naughty things without actually saying naughty things and, uh, and censoring myself. So that's the game within a game. Uh, maybe that gets into my head a little bit, but don't know. It's only got, we've only got two games to pick. 
and uh, we've got an extremely close championship weekend. We've got point spreads that are, I mean, you're basically picking winners this weekend. If you've got a line on picking a, a two and a half and a one and a half or a two and a one, I mean, these lines have been all over the place this week, but if you feel confident enough to take a team as a dog, you know, and the money line this week, uh, good luck because you're playing with fire when you've got margins that are, that are this close, basically asking for a one point or a two point victory. We call it getting cute here and you'd have to be getting extremely cute to gamble that way. So as always gamble responsibly, Dre's calling in Memphis, Tennessee, you're on. Okay, I'm on and I'm on some new uh, earbuds, so if it sounds really crazy, I apologize, but at least hopefully the connection won't be broken up. Yes, no, you, you, you're, I was already warning the, the folks that you're going to sound, your, your audio quality isn't going to be as good, but we'll be able to hear everything you say, and so far, I could hear you. Excellent. Okay, uh, so we will use our little bit of time left as we wasted 20 minutes on the connection or well 10 minutes uh, to get right into our recap of divisional round weekend, the conference semifinals. Um, I have the honors uh, after finally breaking back in to connect uh, to talk about last weekend first. So I will start off with the best thing about divisional round weekend 2023 to me. And to me, the best thing was just the entire effort of the Philadelphia Eagles. I I want to give all the props and praise to the Philadelphia Eagles, offense, defense, special teams, you name it, coaching. Uh, I guess Jalen Hurts' arm is okay. Um, We don't have to worry about Danny Dimes got sacked five times. The defense is is okay. They came and did what they've been doing all year. They sacked them, I think, seven times in their uh, regular season meeting. Uh, So that's Two less than that, but I think I think they can be forgiven. Um, every running back in Eagles history got out there and ran the ball for for the Eagles, 268 yards rushing. I think I saw Duke Staley out there. I think I saw Shady McCoy out there. Every single Eagles running back uh, just ran all over the Giants. Dallas Goddard, one-handed grab for the first TD, just uh, doing crazy things out there. That long bomb, the first throw from Jalen Hurts to Devontae Smith for 40 yards. First throw of the game. You talk about setting a mood for the night. Like, if there was any doubt at all what was going to happen, I think everyone knew at that point, uh-oh, the Eagles are here, they're ready, they're, there's no doubt about Hurts' health, and they're, they're about to put a, a hurt on the Giants. I think uh, it, it got the feeling, I think I saw this somewhere on Twitter, so it's not my original idea. It got the feeling of one of those, like, Texans-Patriots playoff games from Tom Brady's hey, uh, heyday where – like the first two or three plays of the game, you're like, oh, this is over. There is no chance in hell that the Texans are going to hang in with the Patriots because they're just not on the same level. And it's had the same feeling. Like immediately you knew the Giants had no chance uh, to hang in there with the Eagles. Uh, tremendous outing all around. Um, and it's not even about the Giants being fraudulent. I think the Eagles would have put it on whoever they were playing, maybe not to this particular degree of uh, 38 to 7. Uh, but they were ready. The Eagles were completely revved up and ready for their uh, playoff debut, um, and they showed everybody that they're for real, especially people like me who uh, thought that they were a little fraudulent. I hate to, you know, disagree with you, so I'm not going to. You are absolutely okay. 100% correct. <laughs> the best of the week was the absolute domination 
of the Philadelphia Eagles, every facet of the game. I specifically was looking at their defense and their running game. Jalen Hurts didn't have to do much in this game. Uh, He made a few nice throws, but this game got so out of hand so fast that if you just isolate on on Jalen Hurts' stat line, it's not that great. You take Jalen Hurts' stat line out and you look at everybody else, it was great. So it's not saying Jalen Hurts had a bad game. He just didn't have to do very much. They actually didn't need their quarterback that much in this game to just absolutely lay waste to the New York Giants. So, you know, I'll give myself a pat on the back for uh, starting Kenneth Gainwell in DFS last week, um, who became the garbage time monster in the second half of that game. That I felt good about that. That that got me into some money when he scored that uh, that late touchdown. So I was happy about that. Um, but yeah. overall, yes, this was one of the picks that we uh, uh, agreed on. We actually agreed on all of them except for one. But this was the one yeah. that we actually came out on the correct side of. You were this was your circular pick. This was the pick that you took right. like 15 minutes going around and in, in complete twisting yourself in pretzel knots to figure out who the winner. It didn't turn out. You didn't need to. All, all that no. for nothing. This was an absolute demolition put on by the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, a total statement game of all of the teams who had that statement game in the division round. This was the most impressive one. It clearly was, as you say, and as I say, the best of the week. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I guess I could have just saved myself a lot of time. Uh, Giants are frauds. Take the Eagles. But <laughs> if it was that easy, we would, we would have all done it, and, and we would have all made a lot of money last weekend. But yeah. Not quite that easy. The worst, worst thing to me about divisional round weekend was the Pat Mahomes ankle injury. And, look, it, it, a gutsy effort by him to come back in, but, man, it was, it was painful to watch him uh, hobbling around yeah. out there. Like, you, you know how less dynamic the Chiefs' offense is. Uh, when he's less than 100%, unfortunately, we have uh, experience watching him trying to win a championship at less than 100%, and he made it all the way to the Super Bowl before uh, Tampa Bay stomped all over him. Uh, so this was a little reminiscent of that. You, you know his mobility is so key to those magical improv plays that he makes, um, and you know the improv isn't there because he can barely stand up. It was incredible just watching him lead Kansas City through all of that, but it made me feel bad because he's not going to be himself the rest of the playoffs, I don't care uh, what they say. I don't care how brave of a face or uh, happy of a face, a smiley face that they tried to put on his practices all week long. He has a high ankle sprain. That doesn't go away with some treatment in a week. That's something you got to stay off of for uh, several weeks before that comes anywhere close to being okay. Um, now, they had the perfect answer uh, you know, with, with, with the one drive with uh, Chad Hitty. And it sounds really dumb to try to intimate that they would have been better off with Chad Hitty, but it, it was it was painful watching Pat hobble around. I didn't know he was going to be able to lead touchdown drives and, and keep the Chiefs uh, on the field and actually put them in position to win and cover the spread before a late garbage time touchdown. But he, he did that. That's just – it's amazing, and, and it shows how uh, awesome Pat Mahomes is, which we all should have already known that. But he's still 60%, 65%, 70%. I, it, it just sucks because if he loses at any point from here on out, either today or at the Super Bowl, it's going to be well, you know, the ankle. You know, he wasn't he wasn't himself, uh, so there's a built-in excuse which doesn't feel good. Um, 
you know, if he if he comes through and then leaves them anyway, then great. But uh, it just it just sucked to watch that because I know the the excuse will be there if he doesn't come through. And he started so good. What's going to be lost uh, is the first drive of the game for the Chiefs. They started out, you know, like the Eagles uh, with the they had a college beer option on the first drive. They had a twenty yard jump pass on the first drive from Pat Mahomes. They had a side sidearm throw, one of those patented. Uh, Pat Mahomes sidearm throw, and then uh, a, a dart to Travis Kelsey. Devin Moy was twisting Pat Mahomes down, and, and Kelsey caught it anyway. And then the touchdown to Kelsey, the first touchdown to get the rolling right and throwing back across to the middle that only one guy can do that consistently and, and do it accurately, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And it was like, wow, so here we go. Here's, here's the Chiefs doing what they're supposed to do to the Jaguars. And then the next drive was when he got that right ankle rolled up uh, by, by Arden Key, and that was like, oh. So it's amazing that he even came close to pulling that out uh, as far as the points for it goes uh, in the condition that he was in. But it, it just sucks to see, uh, you know, uh, the, the league MVP get banged up like that. But but wait, you mean grainy cutoff footage of him walking away from a press conference podium isn't enough to satisfy you that he's 100%? He was walking up the stairs in a restaurant. He's not hurt. <laughs> exactly. He's Jay Cutler. All right. You're reading my mind, because that's exactly where I was headed with that. He's walking around in the mall. He's not tough. He's not tough. He's faking. And then that video of him. Wait, the video of him doing kind of high knees, half jogging up the sideline, without not in pads. That doesn't convince you that he's perfectly fine to play professional tackle football. Come on, man. He's fine. He's babies. He's a bum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, we're, we're watching totally, we haven't known each other for almost our whole lives now. <laughs> like, that was crazy how it, you just picked right up on where I was going with that one. He's perfectly fine. Saw him and his wife. Yeah, if we see him and his wife walking around at the mall all of a sudden, he's not tough. He's a bum. He's good enough to walk uh. around in the mall. <laughs> We've seen way too much of this. Uh, this is something that really happened, folks. Go back to the, uh, I believe that was the Packers-Bears <laughs> championship game. Yeah, that was... That was the uh, Caleb the Hayden game. It was up on my Facebook, so it, yeah. it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, that just ago, happened a few days ago where they were showing the, the BJ Raji dance. Oh. Uh, after that pick six. Yeah, that all just happened. Ah, so yeah, you're, so your worst of the week. I have more things to say about that, but I'm not going to just keep jumping, jumping back and forth just because we're only talking about four games. So I'll get into my worst right. of the week. And I'm going back kind of to that Philly-New York game, but not really. My worst of the week is how bad are the Minnesota Vikings? <laughs> that you, lost, you lost to those guys. You lost to the Giants. <laughs> The Giants who went to Philadelphia and got absolutely annihilated and got embarrassed by the Philadelphia Eagles. That was a tale of two teams between that team that came out of that Vikings game and now, oh, Daniel Jones, he's the man. Oh, they're going to give the Eagles all they can handle. No, the Minnesota Vikings are trash. That's why that narrative even exists. The only thing I took away is my worst of the week is still the continued fraudulence, and I just had to crap on them one more time, of the Minnesota Vikings. 
they got beat by that team like badly. Like Danny Dimes was dancing on the Vikings and just making them look stupid. And yes. then they went up to Philly and did that. Yes. And I know every week is different, but you couldn't look better and then worse than the Giants <laughs> looked in back-to-back weekends. Again, proving that the week before in wildcard weekend really was the fraud bowl. We weren't joking, folks. It was the fraud bowl. Neither one of those teams had any championship you know, reality coming out of this season. They weren't going to win the Super Bowl. They ran into each other in the first round head first. Somebody had to win, and then they promptly went and, and got embarrassed live on national TV by the Philadelphia Eagles without even much resistance. They did not any fight in that game. It was 28 to nothing at halftime. Smoked. Yeah, like I said, after and, that first, and, uh, yeah, and first because Brandon Staley, and Brandon Staley's not coaching the Eagles, so <laughs> there was no comeback in the Giants. Uh, they just get completely blown off the field, and uh, I just wanted to crap on the Minnesota Vikings one last time until we get to honors and dishonors next week. I'll save it all up for, for next weekend. I'm sure you're going to unload on the Vikings then. I might have some things uh, to so, say. Yeah. Uh, I will move on to the smartest thing uh, that I saw uh, for Divisional Round Weekend. So back to Pat Mahomes and, and Chad Hitty for his one drive uh, and Brock Purdy. Uh, they all took advantage of matchups uh, that the opponent uh, had no answers for, and that would be their stud tight ends. That was the smartest thing by far to me about last weekend was watching Travis Kelsey work unstoppable 14 catches on 17 targets, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, KC needed short and medium targets all the rest of the way because Mahomes is bad ankle. And they had the perfect, perfect answer for that. Just keep going to Kelsey because nobody can stop him. And then Brock Purdy uh, on Sunday against the Cowboys, uh, he had George Kittle on all five targets for 95 yards, including a stupid bobbling grab that very few guys could have actually brought in. He literally tipped it up in the air like three different times and still was able to bring it in because he's George Kittle and he's a crazy person. Uh, so that was my smartest was the uh, the two stud tight ends that you really needed. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs survived that Mahomes injury without Kelsey, and I don't think the uh, Niners move on over the Cowboys without Kittle. Uh, no, absolutely not, especially after that, that bobbling one-handed catch. I mean, that was such a – such a wild play. You know, we talk about the game of inches and the razor thin margins and to just be able to get the fingertips on it and then to bobble it and then to not have the defender jack him up <laughs> while, right. while, while he is trying to pull that thing in and instead goes for a kind of a, like a weak, get his body in front of him, tackle, uh, and, but still the, the presence to hold on to that. Um, and that was, correctly assessed on the broadcast as kind of a turning point in that game. Um, And it was because up until that point, I think that the Cowboys defense had done everything that they needed to do to, to shut down and stifle that San Francisco offense. But that's sort of let a little bit of the air out, you know, and I think, you know, the sphincters got a little less tight for San Francisco at that point and they got a little bit looser and they didn't need to do much. And they, and they did that. They, they didn't do much, and it was enough. <laughs> yes, it was. It was the, it, the bare minimum was enough. Uh, my smartest of the week. I'm giving this to your guy, Kyle Shanahan, your boy. My boy. 
Uh, he did his best Bill Belichick impersonation in this game, as far as I was concerned. He let the Cowboys beat themselves. And what was the hallmark of all of those Tom Brady and Bill Belichick teams, right? Don't do anything exciting. Stay the course. Very vanilla, very bland. Dink and dunk. No big plays, but no big mistakes. And just when you know you're playing a team, especially a team coached by Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn, and quarterbacked by Dak Prescott, eventually things are going to turn around and go your way. And basically the, the Niners just gave the Cowboys the rope, and then the Cowboys hung themselves with it. So I'm giving this to your boy. Boy, howdy. There was no, there was no trickery. It was, it, even the broadcasters were pointing out on the game about how like sort of boring and bland and vanilla the game plan was for the Niners. That's all they needed to do. They just needed to not screw up, and they were going to win the game. And and it works to a T. So I'm giving this to your boy Shanahan, who didn't show anything to the Eagles in that game at all. The defense played great, even though I I hate to say a wasted defensive effort by the Cowboys, um, you know, in that game. But they they just let the – once Tony Pollard went out, he didn't really have to do much. They lost one of their biggest playmakers, and you really saw the Cowboys kind of turtle and go into a shell. But I'm giving it to your boy, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, it's not a wasted defensive effort if you get Bucks, uh, Bucks Dak, which is kind of my point last week. Are you going to get Bucks right. Dak or are you going to get Skins Dak? And Man. unfortunately, they got Skins Dak just looking for the other team and consistently throwing it to them, and that's what made that game swing in the 49ers' favor. If you got Bucks Dak, that's, that's, that's a good chance that the Cowboys pull that off because uh, the, the Niners did not, uh, like you said, they didn't do anything uh, flashy or special or have any crazy trick plays that they really just was just trying to survive with their rookie, you know, Mr. Irrelevant quarterback. And then they did thanks to the Cowboys uh, sort of cowboying all over themselves. No, absolutely. So, you know, I, I know that the Shanahan's your guy uh, more than he's my guy, but it was, it was plainly obvious what, what the plan was and what they were doing against the Cowboys by just sort of, you know, hanging around and letting the Cowboys cowboy all over themselves. Yeah, that's how you, you got to do it sometimes. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, on to the dumbest thing uh, for week uh, uh, the conference semifinals week or the uh, divisional round week. There's uh, so many things to choose from for dumbest as always. Uh, some serious brain farts by the Cowboys tight end, Dalton Schultz, mm. on the uh, Dallas final drive. Yeah, uh, they, they're down seven to the uh, to the Niners with no timeouts, and Schultz proceeds to catch a third down pass at the sideline with uh, 33 seconds left, and decides to soft shoe and soft pedal backwards out of bounds, uh, which was correctly ruled as not out of bounds. That's not a uh, uh, not a dead ball situation because he did not get forced out. He forced himself out, so they kept the clock winding. So they lost about 20 seconds doing all of that. No reason for that. Is he? Just brain parts. Just get out of bounds. I don't know what you're doing going backwards like that. So then the next target that Schultz gets, he, he gets out of the sideline. Uh, he gets out, the, out there so fast, and he's so concerned getting out of bounds. This time. He forgets to get his second foot down inbounds. Uh, and after a review, that's really an incomplete pass. He didn't get both feet down. Uh, that would have put the ball at the Dallas, uh, about, the, about the 40-yard line of Dallas, so they could have had a legit Hail Mary try instead of, that farce of a last play that they wound up trying to pull off. Uh, so that was my dumbest of the, of the weekend was Dalton Schultz. Just two really plays that you, you didn't have to, to 
do. They're easy. They're easy plays to do the right thing, and you chose not to because I don't know the, the pressure of the situation or what, but uh, or just Cowboys being Cowboys. Yeah, so you have the two brain farts by, by Schultz, and then you have whatever that last play was. Uh, <laughs> the the dump off to Turpin, who immediately gets tackled. That only left um, me saying one thing, thing, man. That entire sequence, that entire final quote-unquote drive by the Cowboys, you know, needing points, having time, technically making some plays, but just not quite sharp enough to make the plays right. The brain fart taking himself out of bounds, the not dragging the second toe, which would have gotten him to about midfield, and then that final play that you just just laughed at. Yeah. That's two seasons in a row where the final play <laughs> for the Cowboys has just been an absolute disaster. Pretend like the offensive coordinator that called those final two plays was Brian Flores. Would he be getting interviewed for head coaching jobs this week? Man. Uh, I don't think so. Yes. Exactly That's your Cowboys D V D. Just the yeah. <laughs> right there. That's the theme song that just plays lightly underneath the Cowboys twenty twenty two and twenty uh, twenty one season D V D. Like anybody interviewing Kellen Moore for a head coaching job, um uh, <laughs> yeah, what were be- you thinking? They need to be playing that clip of Zeke Elliott lining up in the center and getting blown oh. to pieces uh, in the background. And that should be their first question when Kellen Moore sits down is they just look back and point to that and they turn around and what the game That's all they need to do. That's the interview. That's it. And once they answer that, you go, okay, well, thank you. We'll be in touch and send them on his way. Wait, did we just go the same award on that play or? Of course. Oh, of course okay. Yeah, because that was the big one, right? Of course. Huh. Like, that, that's the only reaction you can have to looking at that. Like, what the? F- yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was your uh, stupidest and your WTF. <laughs> well, the WTF was the was that was the play with Zeke Elliott being a center. Yeah. And, uh, no, I, up a, it's the whole know. it's the whole sequence as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> if you're if you're a Cowboys fan and you don't watch that entire last drive and utter those exact words. Right, exactly. That, that's the only you're not a Cowboys fan. Because we're watching the game, and the game is over, and you're just like, what was that? Obviously, I know you're enjoying the fact how much I'm censoring myself here. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, I didn't really I was telling the people <laughs> while you were off the air that this is sort of our game within a game is your enjoyment <laughs> over how much I have to censor myself when we do these Sunday morning shows. It's only our second Sunday show ever, so I, I forgot okay. about that part of it. And I had my connection issues, so I'm just off my off my game right now just trying to do ah. the best I can. I did not put that together that uh, cute factors are, are in vicinity and, and awake. So you have to, Correct. Okay, well, we, we covered Danielle, so we don't have to do that uh, again. We don't right. have to go back to, to that particular word, so. So, uh, so I'll give you one. I think it's uh, – I'm up for stupidest of the week. Uh, yes, you're, you're done with the I'm gonna, I am going to give this to my favorite people, sports media, 
and the Twitterverse. <laughs> and anybody who has been sitting around this week propagating the Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes narrative. Oh. Y'all just need to shut the hell up. <laughs> How stupid can you be? I mean, first of all, quarterback versus quarterback stats might be the dumbest stats of all time. Who beat who? Because you're assuming things, you know, that are equal that cannot be equal, such as the defense that you're playing with or the players around you that you're playing with. It's been a nice story. You know, Joe Burrow so far and the Cincinnati Bengals have had a successful run against the Chiefs. But this, well, if, if Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes on Sunday, he, he's, he's the best. He, no, people shut up. <laughs> and it, I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a talking head narrative. It's a 24-7, you know, news cycle narrative. You got to fill airtime. But what happens is these people, they throw this nonsense out there into the, into the ether and it starts to like, you know, grow into a life of its own. Like it turns into this, this beast that you can't contain anymore. And this, this narrative just, it just needs to die. I will take Patrick Mahomes every time over Joe Burrow because one guy has a proven track record. The other guy is finishing his second season. So y'all just need to shut the hell up. Uh, yeah, second full season when you uh, consider injuries. Um, yeah, Correct. that's a, definitely a sports, uh, definitely a sports talk narrative. Definitely something that get people to, to call in. Uh, Joe and Evanston, what do you think about that? I don't think uh, Burrow is better than Mahomes. I think Mahomes might be better, but if Burrow wins this game, man, I don't know. So yeah, it's, it's uh, completely <laughs> meant to engage yeah. the type of people that want to get engaged on that while the rest of us just kind of sit there and go, really? It's, it's the narrative like saying, well, if so-and-so beats so-and-so and then that person or team beats the other, that makes the other one the best. <laughs> right? Of course. So go back yeah, that, and find somebody who's beaten Joe Burrow and then you can go, oh, oh, they beat the Bengals and the Bengals beat the Chiefs. Therefore, this player or this team, they're the best. It, it, it is it is the dumbest form of logic that gets thrown around out there. Uh, it's extremely reductive, completely, and it's just it's just pure insanity. And I'm tired of hearing it that, that you know this, you know you, you you don't come out of your second season and and suddenly you know oh you're the goat. Come on, I mean the Bengals' last loss, no joke. The Bengals' last loss was back on Halloween to the Browns. Are we now going to say that Jack Brisket is the best quarterback in the league? Cause he beat Burrow and Burrow's beaten Mahomes three times in a row. Shut up. Well, you, you, you gotta admit, man, if Jack Brisket beat Joe Burrow, then you gotta, <laughs> there's something there, man. No. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the, the, the whole thing to stop. I know you're trying to create headlines and talking, Hey, it's work. Look at what we're doing. Look at what I'm saying. <laughs> But still, just just stop. You make yourself yeah, the, look silly. The, the fascination with sports is coming up to a game like today and knowing how many times Burrow has beaten Mahomes and we got Burrowhead Stadium going on and we got all this talk mm-hmm. going. And the, fa- the fascination is watching to see what the Chiefs do in response. Can they match uh, what's going on? Can they finally overcome uh, and beat Joe Burrow? 
is not to sit there and declare that if Joe Burrow wins this one, uh, that means that means he's definitely better or he was better before. Uh, because like you said, there's so many other circumstances that go into it. Uh, and definitely with the, any kind of quarterback uh, head-to-head comparison argument is absolutely ridiculous. They're, they're play, they play half the game. How can right. you possibly compare win-loss records for guys who play half the it, Pitching head-to-head matchups are pretty stupid too. Um, yeah. Because they, they're, they're not up there hitting. Uh, they don't really have any control on the other side. So there's really no reason to compare uh, wins for, for pitchers or for quarterbacks. Uh, they're right. Not dumb. Yeah, one guy one guy could be pitching to the lineup of the Kansas City Royals. The other guy could be pitching to the lineup of the 27 Yankees. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh. Well, but the other guy beat him, so he must be better. He lost two to one to the 27 Yankees. That other guy's a bum. Well, the other guy got the W, so he must be better. Yeah, they got the dub, right? He got uh, the dub, you know, because Babe Ruth did a walk-off homer in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, thankfully, I, I avoided a lot of that uh, this week. I, I didn't hear any uh, "Is Burrow better than Mahomes?" conversations because if I would, I would have been like, "What are you talking about?" Be just yeah, just be glad you missed it. Just be glad you missed it. it it's yeah. it, it it's painful, you know, because you just I, it really just becomes that sort of eye roll, like, "Oh, really? Come on." And it's the – I'm not even going to give these people names, but it's the same people who just I, I say stuff guess who for the they sake are, of just saying by the, Right, yeah, I, yeah. Just by the nature of the conversation, I could guess who it is. And, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say their name You either. could probably yeah. Yeah, make a list of five, and three of the five or four of the five that you put on the list are the ones doing it. So what surprised you this week, last week? I, I don't listen to – a whole lot of sports talk radio at all anymore, and that's the primary reason why, because they just sit there trying to come up with stuff to talk about. Uh, my surprise for divisional round weekend is, uh, you know, wild card round, each game had a Danielle. Uh, so I went through six Danielles. This weekend, each game had something that surprised me. Uh, each game had a surprise moment for me, so I tried to go through them quickly. Uh, Jags, Chiefs game, Chad Henney. Wow. Uh, yeah. Out of nowhere, with the, after the injury to Pat Mahomes, uh, leads a very good drive, 98 yards. Now, he got helped out by uh, Isaiah Pacheco uh, with one of the fastest sprints out of a cut I've ever seen. That guy uh, got shot out of a cannon off to the left side. Uh, they had a great uh, pick play in there to free up Kelsey for his uh, touchdown. you got to run some, some picks every now and then to get your guys open. You know, everybody does it. Uh, but I saw Chad Hitty come in, uh, Mahomes getting angry and throwing his coat down, having to get that ankle looked at, and I was like, oh, God, Chad Hitty from the from his own team, this is not going to go well. And 98 yards later, there they are scoring a touchdown. I was very surprising. Uh, Eagles-Giants uh, game, uh, the surprise there. Uh, why are we why are we punting? What are, what are we doing? We're just giving up now. Uh, Fourth and six near midfield in the fourth quarter, and the Giants were down three scores, and they called for a punt. Like what? That, that's that's a give up. That's just we're we're finished. We're done. Uh, the the Giants basically quit on that game, uh, so that was a surprise for me. Maybe it was more of a surprise I was still watching at that point. Because I think most of the nation had probably uh, shut their TVs off and went to bed at, uh, at that. Cincy uh, and Buffalo, uh, the the Bengals offensive line. All props and all praise to them. They just weren't adequate. They were very good. They pancaked the Buffalo Bills, and they really came through uh, for their team, for their quarterback. 
and uh, the Bills over and over and over were trying to make the, the play on defense to get off the field because they were tired. They couldn't make it. The Bengals just kept getting first downs, kept drives alive, kept uh, doing what they had to do to stay out there, and they, they wore the Bills out. Bills were just they, – they had nothing by the end of that game. Their tongues were dragging. Uh, you could see them, uh, you know, bent over and panting. You know, like in the second, third quarter, they were getting uh, worn out so much. Uh, and, and maybe that's uh, what the Bengals are doing. Maybe that's the emotion of uh, DeMar Hamlin being in the building and having a, an effect. You, you don't know. You'll never know. But it was still very surprising to see after all the injuries, the, the Bengals' whole line uh, really took it to Buffalo physically. And that was, uh, that was a big surprise there to me. Um, and in Dallas, San Francisco, just uh, you, you, that was your uh, Danielle was sort of everything uh, that every all the elements that it took for the Cowboys to, to fuck that game up, um, so, and that was my uh, surprise. It's uh, it was maybe not a surprise, more of a wow. Like just watching with my mouth, I'm like, wow, they are really doing everything they can uh, to mess this thing up. Uh, I talked about Brett Maher as my the X factor. Uh, they they could have the the Cowboys could have taken a field goal at the twenty early in that game, but they decided to go for it because Brett Maurer was just standing there, um, and they they got the touchdown. But then the extra point gets blocked, um, and it looked like it was going to be very wide uh, left anyway. It looked like he hooked it badly to begin with, and then they passed later on a fifty three yard field goal to go for it on fourth and four. And Dak escaped and and moved the chains, and that's great. The Cowboys are still on the move, and then Dak also is another bad INT uh, on a deflection of Red Warner. They could have used the field goal there, not that they would have necessarily got it, because it's, it's Greg Mark. Uh, and then the Cowboy penalties, keeping the Niners on the field. Like you said, the Niners weren't trying, you know, they weren't doing anything groundbreaking. They're just trying to survive. And the Cowboys' D was, was doing great for most of the game, but then they did what they do, and they make some stupid penalties and keep uh, the Niners' drive alive, uh, which allows uh, George, uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey to eventually run it in for a touchdown uh, to win the game. Uh, so just everything like the, the Cowboys needed to do all of those things. They needed to put all of those elements of being Cowboys together to, to, to screw that game up. And they did it. They managed to do it. They, they, they incorporated every single thing you could think of uh, to try to screw that game up uh, against the 49ers. And they were able to successfully do it. So it was still a surprise. Oh, it looks like because we're doing a morning show and it's a Sunday morning that I've got a visitor here. Oh, okay. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you doing this morning? Good. But uh, what you got planned for uh, for the rest of the day? Um, my plans for the rest of the day are, um, my sister's friends are gonna come over. Okay. Maybe. And um, if they come over, we're going to play games and a bunch of other things. But if they don't, I'm probably just going to watch things on my phone. It, or watch okay. my YouTube or watch my YouTube channel. All right. Uh, well, we're, we're all... Uh... Okay. <laughs> you got your stuff. Okay. Bye, buddy. You know, he's he's learning. He's already learning quickly. He was able to that short of time get in the plug uh, for his new YouTube channel. So yes. he's, he's already learning how to that's, manufacture. That's more successful than, than our show. Well, that's not a surprise. But, no. 
Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah Grant, po- po- Pokey Grant. Uh, so he does Pokemon <laughs> unboxing videos where he gets Pokemon cards and he opens up the packs and uh, put up his uh, first video. We made his first video and got it up last night, and he's got over 100 views already. Awesome. Yeah, so he's he's a star, star in the making. Cute factor, number two. And he, and he knows how to plug his shit, so that's good for him. Yeah, I like um, that. He slid, he slid that in there real nice and, you know, nice and nice and slick uh, there at the end. Yeah, and if I don't uh, have fun with my sister's friends, then I'm going to go on my YouTube channel. With everybody <laughs> mine, it's mine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what surprised me, and I'm shocked that with everything that you just hit spraying to all the fields that you didn't hit mine. So, all right, uh, we, we're not doubling up on this you. one. My surprise was that the Jaguars were able to generate no pass rush after the Patrick Mahomes injury at all in that game. And the you know part of Mahomes' big part of his game is that the mobility and throwing on the run and moving the pocket and just creating with his feet. He had none of that after the ankle sprain. Comes back into the game, you know exactly where he's going to be. And the Jaguars' defense had still had no answers um, because you figured once Mahomes was that battered and hobbled that there would be an outlet for the Jags to possibly come back. And, and they they did a little bit. Obviously, they did enough to screw us on the number, getting that last-second yeah. field goal before they tried the onside kick when we clearly had that at 10 and we had a 9.5-point KC. But that's there for the Jags. And they still couldn't get to Mahomes at all through the rest of that game. And, uh, yeah, that, the, the, the KCO line, good for them. But that Jags defensive line and defensive front, whatever their blitz scheme was, they, they had nothing. They, they had no answers even after the Mahomes injury. Well, they played up closer to the line of scrimmage knowing uh, that that could not really escape anything. So uh, I, and that, it, was at, it was at that point where they finally – turned and got him out of the game and, and sent Chad Henney in there. So yeah. there were some adjustments uh, happening. But I definitely noticed the Jags playing closer uh, after the injury because they, they knew how hobbled uh, Mahomes was. But by the time he got cleared uh, and made it back into the game, um, something happened in that Chad Henney drive that sort of took the, the starch out of them. I think they yeah. started to doubt themselves and looking around. So maybe we, should, maybe we should do something different on D because playing up close and uh, and, and watching Chad Henney just beat us and go over the top of us, that that was not in the plans. Um, so, yeah, there was some good coaching, I think, going on there. I don't know how much the Jags were, were really trying to get after Mahomes, but I know they started out trying to play him closer. Uh, but Mahomes did escape uh, at one point, uh, uh, you know, the start of the third quarter. There is that as well. He was clearly hobbled, but he did scramble for a first down. So I, I think that was just enough to, to keep Jacksonville off, you know, you know, on their to- off their toes and on their heels, uh, and they, I don't think they quite knew how to how, how to attack that from Mahomes. They didn't know they knew he was hobbled, but they didn't know how much. Uh, so it was a tough spot for them. They they uh, you know eventually the Jags offense did put it uh, together, uh, which yeah. is what they do. You know, fourth quarter they get it in gear. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was a, it was a tough game for I think the Jaguars defense because they didn't quite know how to handle. Uh, and injured Patrick Mahomes, uh, as opposed to, I think, the Bengals today. Uh, I'm sure they come in with a, exactly a, 
they, they know exactly what they want to do with uh, with Patrick Mahomes. There's not going to be any daily dallying uh, with them. No. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, they don't think that. Well, there, one thing we know is there's no fear. They, they do not fear the Chiefs. They do not fear Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and, and Lou Anarumo uh, will come up with the game plan one way or another. So what let you down last week? Oh, my biggest letdown of last week has to be uh, the Buffalo Bills who let ding, themselves ding. down. They let their... <laughs> yeah, that's fine too. So we'll we'll talk for this one for a couple of minutes. Yeah, they let the they let the fans down. They let everyone uh, like you who thought they were the best team in the league. They let them down. You picked them to win the title. Uh, you weren't alone. A lot of people picked them. They were the favorites. Um, and then this game specifically with Demar Hamlin there in the building, I thought that would be the clincher. Uh, in their favor. I thought if they could get a, a playoff game with DeMar Hamlin there, that would be uh, the one to put Buffalo over the top, give them the emotional boost. And I think it wound up working the other way. There's no way for you to know beforehand, but I think that took the starch out of them. Because you think about it, and you're, you're, you know, 90 minutes before the game, I, I'm going to tear up the Bengals, going to rip their limbs off, I'm going to kill them. And, oh, and now here's my brother walking through the door. Oh, the guy that I thought died on the field, my, my brother's here, and he's actually in the building. I got to give him all the love. His family's here. Got to give him all the love. His little brother, I got to uh, love up everybody. And I, I'm so happy to see everybody here. Now I got to turn the switch and go back. I'm going to kill the Bengals. I'm going to rip their limbs off. I'm going to do that. I, I don't think they could do that. I, maybe some teams could, could pull that off. You know, maybe the 85 Bears could pull it off because they could rip off, you know, rip anybody apart. Uh, they, I, I don't think the Bills have that killer instinct in them, man. I don't think they had that ability to, to flip that switch to go from and to killer to, to love the guys and now I got to go kill again. I'm, am I overstating it? Didn't, did they not look soft out there? They looked like they were maybe not there altogether, like emotionally, like they were a little distracted. Uh, I think that what, and it was my letdown too, was just how embarrassed yeah. the Bills got was basically the way that I put it out there. What was really surprising to me, and maybe it was part of that, maybe it was the you know wind taken out of their sails with the DeMar Hamlin high and then trying to come down off of that high and then go play the opponent and beat the opponent, but they could not match the intensity of the Bengals. The, the no. Bengals were, they looked angry. Uh, they looked much more motivated. They looked like they were handling the elements better. I was shocked that we didn't get one of those sideline reports midway through the second quarter about the Bills players all changing their cleats. I know that's a bit of a throwback right. to the like the 90s and the 80s, but every time there'd be a bad weather game, you'd always hear somebody, whether it was John Madden or somebody down on the sidelines or somebody who at some point during the game was going to talk about the players changing their cleats. And it looked like, it looked like the Bengals were in overdrive and the bills were running on ice. They, mm-hmm. they were clearly outplayed on all facets of the game. They looked, they, they, yeah, they, they looked deflated and uh, the, the Bengals to their credit, they, they play, man, is there a team that plays with a, a bigger chip on their shoulder? It feels like than the Bengals right now. Because I mean, they were already playing up the disrespect thing. They didn't think they should have had to have gone to Buffalo to begin with. Because I think right. they felt like they were in control of that game in Cincinnati, in the Demar Hamlin game, because they had they had already gotten off to a fast start in that game, and then they fast start in Buffalo. And no matter how Buffalo tried to counterpunch, the Bengals had an answer for it. So they always had a counter for the counter. Yeah. 
And and so the, yeah, the letdown to me was watching the Bills go down like that in their own building. It was a tough watch, especially for somebody who's you know really been on this team for a few years and thinking after the way they lost last year with that heartbreak that you, you don't you don't it's Super Bowl or bust after you go out the way they went out last year in the division round in Kansas City in one of the all time great playoff games and. They barely survived Miami, and maybe that should have informed us some, <laughs> you know. But we just figured that was, you know, the familiarity breeding contempt. And, of course, we both overlooked the Bengals. It's easy to overlook the Bengals. It's not so easy anymore. It, 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 now that they've gone through what they've gone through, gone to the Super Bowl, lost, they had that hangover at the start of the season – and then they've just run off all of these wins and mostly impressive wins all in a row and winning with the run game or winning with the pass game. You know, they, and now they're just winning with just attitude. So, yeah, uh, that, that let me down. Yeah, it didn't want. matter. Didn't matter. And, uh, yeah, it let me down. Not, match. not at all. Did not match mm-hmm. that intensity at all. No. Uh, since he in was their more building, ready, they were more intense. In their yeah. house, with the with the elements, with the snow, with the Mar Hamlin, with uh, everything. I don't know what other elements you could possibly add in that would make it on the Bills' side. And the Bengals said, "We don't give a fuck. We we just we're gonna do what we do because yeah. we're the Bengals." With that uh, with that patchwork just, offensive line, yeah. that was completely useless against the Ravens. They should have lost that game to Baltimore if Baltimore had had a better offensive effort. The Bengals were so right there for losing that game, right? The Ravens had them on the ropes once that offensive Dupont, line Dupont disintegrated. Right. They, I mean, the, the Bengals could have been a foot away from not even playing mm-hmm. in this game. And we saw that, I think, more than – I think we discounted the Bengals more than we discounted the Bills because at least, the you know, the Bills just won a dogfight where the Bengals, you almost felt like were lucky winning that game against the Ravens. But, hey, a win's a win. <laughs> and uh, good for them. And now they're, you know, now and now Joe Burrow's going to show he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> Burrowhead Stadium, Joe Shiesty. Oh, my um, God. I did, I did appreciate, I did appreciate uh, what Joe Burrow said right after the game, though, about all those fans who bought tickets to Atlanta getting their refunds. I did like that. Uh, they, they're they feeling themselves. They think they, yeah. they, they're shit those things, basically. And well, and they've, they're, they, they've earned it to some degree. They can, they can, until someone beats them, they can do all the talking they want. They are still the defending them. AFC champs, right? They sure are. Until until otherwise, they are still the defending AFC champs, and now they're right back there with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So, good for them. And they were in that game last week. They're up. The Bengals are up twenty four ten, and uh, there's a rare bad throw by Burrow right into Boogie Basham's hands, and he dropped it. Egint yep. could have started the comeback, and then on that same drive on third down, Burrow launches a ball for T Higgins. Tre'Davious White grabs him for pass interference while at the same time getting KTFO'd by his own safety, Jordan Poyer. That's the kind of data the Buffalo Bills had last week. Just nothing was going right for them. And, and even when they tried to uh, mount something, it, it wound up working uh, the other way. So that's just an example of what kind of data Bills were having last week. I was After the Bengals 
got up, I think it was 14, it never felt like the Bills were coming back. Yeah. I, I never got that sense. Um, so that leaves us each with only one. Around. Struggling. Who does? Uh, Dak. Dak Prescott will eventually <laughs> struggle in the Dak. playoffs, no matter Dak. what. Dak, 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 Dak. <laughs> He always struggles. <laughs> this is this is a different deck time. This wasn't deck time laying out a meaningless comeback. This was deck time. Let me just completely throw the ball in directions that I'm not supposed to be throwing it uh, to completely mess up this game and any chance that my team has to win. <clears throat> 5.6 yards per attempt for the game. That's mm. um, Dex. Uh, a touchdown, but two INTs, and should have been about 85 more because they were just dropping INTs all over the place. That just kept throwing it to, to the 49ers, uh, quite a few of them. And a key sequence that was quintessential Dak. This is the exit from the playoffs for, for Dak Prescott, um, and this just showed exactly uh, what they were dealing with. Uh, Dallas was able to hold San Fran to, uh, to, to a field goal uh, late in the game. San Fran had a bunch of long drives, mostly on the ground. Uh, they give the deck, they give Dak the ball down seven by holding San Fran to a field goal with under four minutes left. And Dak's response in that drive, a near INT should have been caught, an overthrow, bad overthrow on the wide open receiver, and he got sacked on third down. That's Dak Prescott, ladies and gentlemen. That was his response to getting the ball down seven. That's not even to talk about that last uh, play of the game, which wasn't right. his fault, but. But the, deck, the whole thing is, is on, on Dak Prescott. I, I don't want to uh, overstate myself. Dak Prescott is not that good. He, he's never been that good. Uh, all these Cowboys fans that are so upset and they're making YouTube videos and they're driving over the TV as if it's the TV's fault, uh, it, Dak is just not good. You, you, you're going to need to draft a quarterback or pick him. Dak's not that good, and he's not getting younger. He's like going down 30, I think. Uh, I, he's not. He's not winning a title. He's not winning a Super Bowl for you. He's not that good. Uh, Black Jesus. We haven't called him that in a while, <laughs> right? That I mean, people yeah. really want to go back. Um, that's what that we, because that was ago. the joke. That was that was the Black Jesus joke because he it was a fourth round pick. It was a fourth round pick. Only got the job basically because Tony Romo's body disintegrated completely. Yep. Played really well in that preseason, right? And because it's the Cowboys, quote unquote, America's team. Uh, big air quotes there. Um, it, it, now he's the greatest thing ever. And he played that into a big contract, but Dex really never won anything. Not that good. But he, it, not right, that no, good. He's, he's, he's not that good. Um, he gets the chunky soup ads, and he gets to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. But you kind of feel like this is about their ceiling. What, what we have seen for them, these playoff exits the last two seasons, this is their ceiling. That's uh, just kind of what, is what it is. Not everybody's going to win the Super Bowl. That's why there's 32 teams in the league. If you're, you know, you get to draft 25th every year, your team will never really get any better. But you'll make the playoffs and make a quick exit every year. This is what you're going to do. You're, 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 I hate to say this or make this comp, so don't. I know this is going to hurt you, but you're the Baltimore Ravens of the NFC. 
Ah, uh, yeah, that does hurt. Well, what I was going to say was for, for all the Cowboys fans out there who, well, only one team can win the Super Bowl. Why can't it ever be the, the Cowboys? And why can't we ever get to the conference title game? Uh, what I will say is you have to start being honest with yourself. How many teams out there make it to conference title games with fourth round draft picks at quarterback? Right. It, that doesn't happen. Hey, but we better. got a team get that just made it. We got a team that just made it there with the last pick in the draft. Okay, uh, is your coach you know, named Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan? Kyle Shanahan could get Dak to a Super Bowl. I absolutely am convinced of that. If, so, Kyle, if Kyle Shanahan could get uh, uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, within, <laughs> within ten points of a fourth quarter lead of winning a Super Bowl, then he could definitely yeah. get Dak Prescott to win the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, in fifty-one minutes they had the lead in that Super Bowl. Yeah. And it was, only the, it was only the Niners D completely losing track of Tyreek Hill that turned that nice. game around. But um, I'm going back to the Jags. Struggling. Yeah, I'm going back to the Jags and the Niners. Uh, Jags and the Niners. Nope. Uh, Jags and the uh, <laughs> Chiefs. Sorry. Going back to the Jags and the Chiefs. You want to talk about struggling? How? If you want to be in the championship game, and you want to be a Super Bowl contender, how do you give up a 98-yard touchdown pass to <laughs> random Allen, Chad Henney, when you just knocked Patrick Mahomes out, you punt him down to the two, you've got him on the ropes, here comes the backup, and you let that guy drive that team 98 yards for a touchdown. And I, I know he only threw for like 20-something yards on the drive. That, whatever. doesn't matter. You got rid of Mahomes. You got him at the two. You got a chance to put the foot on the throat, assert some dominance on that game, totally change the momentum. Because I know people at Arrowhead and people watching that game see that this is a close game and Mahomes is in the tent and he's upset and here comes the backup. You, you tell me you didn't feel a momentum shift? And then to let Chad Henney oh, go absolutely. all the way? and just completely take all the air out of that balloon, that is what ended the Jags right there. That is struggling in a nutshell. You cannot let the backup in that environment come into a game and lead a 98-yard touchdown drive. Just hold them to, just hold them to a field goal. But you shouldn't have even let that team across midfield. And, and they did it, and yeah. that, the Jags never came back from that. Uh, you're, you're right. I mean, uh, I was absolutely looking at that when Chad Hitty came in and going, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if somebody had a, had, a, had a good chunk of money on that game. I thought that, that was a lock of the weekend, really. Uh, was Chiefs my, minus 10 over the Well, Jags. you had it up until the 32nd mark. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you, <sighs> we were both right there, and I'm, I'm glad we didn't disagree on that. Could you imagine if one of us had had the Jags? Hmm. Sitting there on our yeah, couch with the mask and the gun, like, ha ha, won that pick. Oh my god! And they did that thing that I, I hate, where they go, "Well, we're already down two scores. We, let's quit driving and just kick the quit, field goal kick here, the field goal, so that we can, right. so we can get the onside kick and hopefully have a chance to get a touchdown. You need a touchdown anyway. Why? Are you, yeah. what, just keep driving. You might get a touchdown there. You might not need to kick the field goal uh, and then get the onside kick. Get it. You're going to need a touchdown one way or the other. So why would you stop your momentum uh, from, from having a drive 
where you actually get the defense on their heels. Oh, let's quit here, guys, yeah. guys. I know we're driving. I know we're going forward. Let's stop and send out our kicker and then try to get an onside kick and see what we can. I, I mean, I, honestly, I, at that point, you know you, you need the field goal either way, I guess, and it, it's just a time-saving mechanism at that point because what's the point of driving down and getting the touchdown and now there's six seconds left on the clock? Well, I, I guess I figured it, go go get in the end zone yeah. quicker than that. Don't you know take forever on your drive. Correct. Um, well, let's just be real. We're only salty about it because <laughs> it blew the point spread. <laughs> I may be salty reason. about it because I lost to because <laughs> I lost a chunk of money on that. I, that that yeah. may be clouding my judgment. That might be that might just be factoring in slightly <laughs> into the saltiness of this conversation is the fact that we had that as KC minus nine and a half. They're up 10, game in hand. No way the Jags are going to win. Oh, and they just kicked a 48-yard field goal with 30 seconds left to completely bone this for us and then blow the onside kick. Because at that point, if you're going to do it and blow the pick, at least recover the onside kick and make it interesting. I was rooting so hard for, for Patterson to, to hook that field yeah. goal. I, I was, I I was hoping so for a bad. doink or a minute. I just wanted, you know, uh, it didn't cost us anything. I did not know you had money on that. If I would have known right, yeah. you had, why didn't you tell me that when we picked the game, <laughs> that you had money on that? Because I could have taken the Jaguars. Because that unduly influences your picks when I tell you that. That's why I don't tell you. I, I think we should have a new rule on this show where you have to tell me <laughs> what games you have money on. Because <laughs> I would be unbeatable. Especially if you have money on still a lot. Work, <laughs> it still wouldn't work. I only made the decision to put money on there like maybe 15 minutes before the game started. That's fine. Just text me. I will go on Twitter and change my pick. <laughs> Breaking news. Dre has just informed me that he has put money on the Chiefs. He thinks it's the lock of the weekend. I am taking the Jaguars. Done. <laughs> Uh, be honest. If I'd have done that, you still wouldn't take the Jaguars. It's, it's the Chiefs. It should have been a lock. But we know how the Chiefs come up in any game. They're always, it's the ability for the Chiefs to come up small against a big number is legendary. But I digress. That's also what people uh, mean. Is they had every reason to come up small after Mahomes got hurt. They still did what they had to do. To cover they still up. had to cover. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, hey, we've left ourselves actual time to pick these games. You forget you're doing the show with a blowhard, so I can suck up all that time for two games. Oh, my God. Yeah, so you have to play the plugs, and I'm going to go run and fill up my water while the plugs play, and um, you get to sweat it out for a few more minutes to find out my weekend strategy. There you have it. Our picks for the conference title game in a couple of minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com, slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps. 
including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, in much less detail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of J and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. In a couple of short hours, we will get started with the conference title games to decide it goes to the Super Bowl between the Niners and the Eagles. The late afternoon game is the Bengals at the Chiefs. Uh, looks like decent weather for football in Philly, pretty good weather in the 50s. A uh, little chilly in KC, a little cold, uh, down in the 20s. That's going to be uh, one of those frosty slugouts, but I don't think there's going to be any snow in that one at least. So uh, here's the big moment where we get to see if Jay is going to make me sweat until the Super Duper Bowl or pick against me. You ready to go? I am ready to go. And are you, I guess you want my decision. I have decided these two these I've thought about this all four matchups all four of these potential outcomes good luck if you can look at the four potential Super Bowl matchups and tell me who you got there's no clear-cut favorite that's why these two games are so close you've got the more offensive-minded AFC against the much more defensive-minded NFC I've got no idea at all how this is going to play out. And I know who I like this weekend, but there's, there's no benefit to me in, in disagreeing with you. Cause if I could, if I push, if we disagree on both, you still have to pick the Super Bowl. If I disagree with you on one and lose, you win. And if I disagree <laughs> on both and I'm ahead, I have to pick the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't, I actually prefer this position. This is like we've said uh, right before we went to air. This is the one time that the team that's behind has that little bit of power because they can look at the field and go, okay, I'm going to go for it, which I've done in the past. So this is not a cop-out move. I, I, I have clearly not always played it this way. Or I've heard your picks and been like, you're so dead wrong. I'm going to disagree with you anyways, <laughs> even though it didn't benefit me at all. Um but I, yeah, I look at these games and uh, talk about your circular pick last week with the Eagles mm-hmm. and the Giants. You could do that with both of these games this week yeah. because there is an outcome. None of these teams are perfect, there, but there's clearly four plausible Super Bowl scenarios as far as I am concerned where you don't have to stretch much to come up with any one of these four outcomes that we could have. So I'm going to make you – successfully have to pick the Super Bowl, uh, which has gone for me in the past or gone for you in the past. You know, so it's worked both ways for both of us, uh, forcing the other person to have to be right in the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down this week. Um, 
with with how wide open this field is because these are four very good teams. There isn't that team that you can point at out of these four, and, and usually you can do this in the championship weekend and point at one of the teams either as being the fraud or the favorite. There's no, there's neither this week. Right. I've never seen a game bounce back and forth with the points spread before. Like, like the yeah. So I concur. I concur. <laughs> but <laughs> I will still have. I still have my picks. I still made picks. So I'll still give what I thought I would have picked. But I'm just making you pick the Super Bowl. Um, I completely concur with that uh, decision and the logic behind it. With these two games being. Um, as close as they are, it's hard to predict as they are. I don't have either one of them being a blowout. I have both uh, teams that I picked uh, winning by six uh, points each. I have both games a six-point game, so that's how close I think things are going to be. Uh, can I see either team, <clears throat> any of the four teams winning these games by more than one possession? Um, so I totally understand your uh, logic behind doing that. So what did I actually pick that you're going to automatically agree on me? <clears throat> Ready for a circular logic? Here we go. The San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles, San Fran and Philly, both got to 15 wins off of their wins last week. San Fran 5-3 and three on the road this year, Eagles 8-2 and two at home. Uh, San Fran had some issues on and off the field personnel-wise. Uh, Elijah Mitchell has a groin injury, and they called up Tevin Coleman from the little taxi squad this morning. So there's a decent chance that Mitch is going to get deactivated uh, as far as backup running backs for this game. And then off the field, uh, defensive end Charles Omenihu uh, got arrested earlier this week for uh, shoving his girlfriend to the ground. And apparently that's no biggie because he's still active and ready to go and play in this game. And, and he's a big piece of that line. So he might actually make a, a difference as well. Uh, we'll see what happens afterwards with, uh, with the court litigation and all that stuff. Uh, for the Eagles, uh, their secondary isn't tough enough, so they get Avante Maddox back uh, in their backfield. Uh, he returns from a toe injury. Uh, for this one, the point spread has been pretty static. Um, again, we're going by the uh, – apparently for the last year ever, we're going by the uh, Covers.com free handicapping contest lines, which uh, <laughs> as, of, as of 15 minutes before we started our show, had this spread of San Fran plus three uh, at Philadelphia. Uh, very even matchup. Uh, San Fran hasn't played the best of the best this year. Uh, we've talked about that on the show. And you know what? Neither have the Eagles. Uh, they've had two opponents this year uh, outside their division that made the playoffs, and that would be the Fog Vikes uh, and the barely made it their Jaguars. So Philly hasn't been tested very hard themselves. Uh, I think the difference, though, might be <clears throat> Rock Purdy has to figure out how to get this done now in the link. Uh, neither one of them, Purdy or Jalen Hurts, have gotten their team, uh, you know, to the promised land. This is the biggest game of either one of their lives, but Brock has to do it on the road. I think that might be the only thing to sort of separate these two teams. Uh, Philly missed tackles would be a key versus those yak monsters, George Kittle and Debo Samuel, but that's pretty good. They, they don't miss very, very many tackles, only 68 missed tackles on the year. San Fran only 64 missed tackles, very evenly matched there as well. Lane Johnson, we saw him uh, Saturday night against the uh, Giants, getting out there and finishing his blocks and, and holding his junk at the same time. He's still clearly hurt, um, and he still needs some work. But that's for after the season. He said he's going to push it off and put it on the line and keep playing as long as the Eagles need him. And, you know, that whole uh, Philly offensive line has been killer uh, the whole year. 
So that's the, the tough defense uh, that San Francisco has. Their D-line, their linebackers, they're going to have to have performances in their lives because the Eagles' uh, O-line has just been murdering everybody. And then the, the defensive backs for the Niners, after all that, have to solve A.J. Brown. Good luck with that. Uh, but it is two of the two, uh, two of the top playmaking uh, wide receivers in the game uh, because the Eagles haven't solved Debo Samuel. Uh, so, yeah, very tough choice. Probably uh, haven't seen a choice this close uh, for a long time in the, uh, in the NFC, and the AFC is uh, probably closer than that. Uh, Brock Purdy hasn't seen a D like this all year. Hurts hasn't seen a D like San Fran, uh, at least not since his injury. Uh, lack of big game experience of both quarterbacks. One is surrounded by players and coaches who have been there and who have done it, the best of Niners. So at least they have the coaching uh, with Kyle Shanahan to sort of lead them through. But one gets the home assignment in Philly. In this one, it's, it's so close. But, yeah, I'm going to wind up going with the home squad. Uh, I, I can't imagine Brock Purdy coming into the league and doing uh, what he has to do to win this game. That's just a little too tough to ask. So, uh, you know, but either way, whoever you choose either way, I, I completely understand. But uh, my official pick for this one um, is Philly 30-24 to 24 over San Francisco. Yeah, and my official pick for this game would have been the Eagles as well. So I had this one all week. I had this one while I was watching – the game last week between the Cowboys and the Niners, I'm watching that game. And I'm like, man, neither one of these teams are going to go to Philly and, and beat that team, especially if, if this is the type of effort that they, that they put out there. Cause you really saw, I mean, I, I referenced it a little bit when I was talking about that game, but you saw the tight sphincters for both of those teams. I don't, and maybe we can talk about like the dumbed down play calling. Um, but, San Francisco only made a, like a couple of good plays in that game, and, and they were very tight. And I know they were on the road. I mean, no, they were at home for that game. So they did that in front of the home fans with the Cowboys coming in. Good luck trying to take that thing to Philadelphia against that opponent with that defense and all those weapons. And I think if they were going up to Philly – and Philly had a worse defense. Like if, if San Francisco clearly had the better defense, and even though Philly has the great offense, okay, that kind of cancels out because of your great defense. But no, you're also going to play a team that's got an exceptionally good defense in in the Eagles and gets after the quarterback. I know they're doing it with like 75-year-old guys up on that line, but all they have to do is put it together for four quarters. You know, 60 minutes, put that thing together, plus the back end play for them has been – really well too and all of the options that they can throw at you from the running quarterback to the multiple running backs whether it's Sanders Scott Gainwell or the receivers they can you know Brown Goddard Devontae Smith Quez Watkins they just there's so many weapons that they have in their arsenal I mean so do the Niners but like when is the Brock Purdy blows up game going to happen when is the throws that are getting dropped by the dbs not going to get dropped by the dbs (laughs) you know i think this might be the game i I concur with you um i had picked this at two and a half Eh, okay three gets into pushy territory but either way whether it's a push we both agree anyways so it's not going to really make a difference uh i know that hurt you because this is your squad that you're kind of picking against here as you know sort of rah rah for the 
what the Niners do, that organization with Shanahan and, and just the way that they scheme their way up and sort of mad scientist their way through stuff. This has been sort of your, you know, team that you've praised a lot the last couple of seasons. So I know that hurts you to pick a team that we've both uh, considered somewhat fraudulent this season. I was considering it all in, into this morning. I still didn't know if I was going to pick Philly when I went to bed last night. But, yeah, I just yeah. made that decision uh, this morning. Those I had Philly a week ago. And, and <laughs> those, those veterans, those, those that I've been talking about on the Philadelphia defensive line, um, I can't say shit about those cocksuckers anymore because they got more sacks uh, than the 85 or as many sacks as the 85 Bears. That's the most sacks for yeah. a team since the 85 Bears. They had 70 in a regular season, and they added five more last weekend. So uh, whatever they're doing with the, the liniment and the big gay and the, and the ice baths, I don't know what they're doing, but it's working. They, they are getting after it. They have four different people on the D, on the D line with double-digit sacks. You know how ridiculous that is? Four different dudes. Yeah. Get the double digits. They're just coming after you, man. Just coming. Who do you double? And Brock Burney, who, I, right? I, who do you double? I, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know and who you, you double. You can't just clearly play it straight up. So you can't double anybody, and you can't play it straight up. They're going to be coming, and you know they're going to be coming. They're, again, we said Brock Purdy is going to see stuff that he's never seen before last week, and now this week he's going to see a defensive line like he hasn't seen before because the Eagles do not need to bring pressure to get pressure on the quarterback. They can do it strictly up front, and those linebackers and those safeties, everybody can play back and make him beat you. But Jonathan Gannon also brings some pressure too. He blitzed only 2% of the time, so – yeah. You got to mix that in there as well. So it's just a nightmare. And, and uh, just I'm, the difference. I'm very much looking forward to this. And the difference also in having Red Stripe back in the middle to clog up the lanes um, versus what it's we saw guy. them look like without him, like what the you know Washington Washingtons were able to do when they finally beat them um, and just run up the gut over and over and over. Uh, that avenue isn't going to be there. Right, you don't have to depend on the Dominican suit to play heavy minutes for you. Yeah. So, uh, who's your X Factor? Oh, I completely forgot about it. Uh, Robbie Gold is my X Factor for this game for the oh, Niners. He's uh, never the, missed. Uh, place kicker. Because, as we all heard throughout the week, he's a perfect 29 for 29 field goals this year, 38 yeah. for 38 uh, extra points. Uh, not this year, in, in the postseason, I'm sorry. Uh, and that, that's why he's my X factor because I've got those Gary Anderson vibes hearing about that all week. If you remember oh. back, <laughs> yes, I do. The, Trust me, the Vikings, I do. The Vikings and the Falcons. Uh, I'm hearing about the perfect season. Perfect season. Gary Anderson never missed, never missed. And then the conference title game comes, and they really needed him to keep missing and not missing, and, and he and he missed. Yeah. Uh, he would have put him. Well, he would have put him up 10. He would have put him up 10 and said yeah. he misses the field goal that leaves him up seven, and then the Falcons go on that long drive uh, that Chris Chandler to Terrence Mathis touchdown. But, no, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> you don't remember every single detail of that, no. No. Uh, so that's why I made it my excitement. Just get, get, that, get that feeling. So I'm not wishing it on him, but just get that feeling. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I already mentioned excited. him. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going Quez Watkins here. Uh, okay. I think somebody's Possibly, you know, he's clearly like the burner of the three receivers that they have. I mean, A.J. Brown's just the big everywhere, everything, bowl you over kind of guy. And Devontae Smith is that 
that slippery receiver. He's not a big guy at all, and he's just kind of always open. But Watkins is the guy who can take the top off. And I think if they're going to make a couple of plays deep to, to sort of soften up the um, the Niners' D, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a couple of shots deep to Watkins. But it doesn't even have to be big completions, but just, you know, get those back them up a little bit and then more room to operate underneath. So I'm looking at Quez Watkins. All right, there we go. There's our do the whistle again. There's our NFC uh, title game breakdown. Now for the AFC, Bengals, Chiefs. Uh, everyone's been talking about it. Bengals up to 14 wins, Chiefs up to 15 after last weekend. Bengals seven and three on the road, but the Chiefs an impressive eight and one at home. Their only loss, of course, was that game of the century to the Bills, which we all thought at the time would lead to Casey having to go through Buffalo. Uh, for the Super Bowl, and nope, didn't work out that way. The Bengals once again the fly in the ointment. Um, again, the same old line issues for the Bengals. Jonah Williams, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins all out for this game. For the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes remarkably practiced all week. Miko Hardman practiced all week, trying to come back from his core injury. Looks like he actually has a chance to do that today. But Travis Kelsey put on the injury list uh, with a back injury. He's listed as questionable. He's going to play, but just to be made aware for all you DFS players, Kelsey uh, may be a little banged up for this one. Uh, this line for the uh, free handicapping contest, after it bounced around literally to Cincy being a favorite, started out with KC the favorite. Now, right now, KC is back to a two-point favorite uh, at home against Cincinnati. Uh, we all know the history. We know that the Bengals uh, have been playing the Chiefs uh, extremely tough and, and finding ways to beat them, different ways to beat them. Uh, they beat them uh, – in the AFC title game last year, dropping everybody back on defense. They beat them in week 13 this year at Cincinnati uh, by three. Uh, did it in a different way. They got after Pat Mahomes and, and took advantage of Kansas City boo-boos, like uh, Travis Kelsey fumbling and Harrison Butker pulled the field goal. So it was, it was a different way to win. They outrushed Casey uh, using Samaje P. Ryan in place of uh, an injured Joe Mixon. Um, and, of course, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins were huge, as they always are. Uh, Zach Taylor is, is sorry that his team keeps fucking up the league's plans with coin flips and neutral sites. Joe Burrow says the Bengals' window is open as long as he's upright. Now we got the Burrowhead Stadium thing. Ah, they think they're bulletproof, man. The Bengals are, are really on one. They think they can't be beat. And if you, know, you know what? If Casey can't knock them off now, they are bulletproof. They, they can talk all the talk that they want to talk so long as the Chiefs can't beat them. Uh, and, and since he's handled Pat so differently in those two games, uh, the last couple games, it's up to him and Andy Reid and Eric enemy now to invent a new way. they got to come up with a new way to win. There's no other option. And they got to innovate because of the ankle injury. Uh, you know, he's best running around, uh, and he, he can't run around. I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I refuse to believe his ankle is anywhere near uh, good enough for him to play like the Patrick Mahomes that we know about. Um, you know, the, the, the KC had that AFC title game, though, last year before since he dropped everyone back in D and sort of gummed everything up. So that's my deal, when, when I finally broke this down and thought about it, since he really doesn't own Kansas City, I know they beat them the last several times in a row. But KC is right there in every game. It's not like the Bengals have blown them out. This will be another close one. Uh, KC just happened to be on the on the wrong end. Um, and so I think it's going to be where Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and uh, Eric Bannery, I think they're going to find a way. I think they're going to innovate. And I think the psychological edge is now – with the Chiefs, with, with the Burrowhead Stadium stuff coming out, 
Um, I, I can't remember another time where uh, a team is going into another team's house for, you know, a, a playoff game, conference title game, talking like they own the place. Uh, that probably isn't going to go well. I think if any time the Chiefs are going to be motivated and up to, to put Cincy on their butt, I think Cincy needs a comeuppance. I think Casey is ready to give them uh, a comeuppance. Uh, I think it's going to be a gutsy effort for Pat. I think a gutsy effort by the Chiefs are going to protect him. They know they have to. Um, I think Casey's going to defend their turf. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win, uh, actually a low scoring one, 23-17. Wow. Okay. So we would have disagreed on this one, but I concur. Now I'll tell you why I think you're wrong. So, and most of that will be in the after show. But I I think that Cincinnati is going to come into this game confident, but I don't get that sense that it's going to be like overconfident. I think they're cocky, but they're the, the edge the Bengals have is their edge. Uh, there is, we saw it in Buffalo. They're afraid of nobody. I don't think they're afraid of going to Arrowhead. They did muck things up against the Chiefs last year by dropping everybody in coverage and and making Patrick Mahomes, you know, have no passing lanes and throw one of those almost three in a row overtime picks. He did not look like himself, and now he's got to look like himself injured. So if Andy Reid figures something out, it's going to be well. We better run the football which I think also, like you said, is going to keep the score down. And I think that makes the Cincinnati more explosive team here. So I'm taking the Bengals in my brain, but on paper, I concur with you. <laughs> All right. Um, and you're going to give me your X factor real quick. Uh, I'm going with those uh, two safeties. I'm going with Von Bell and Jesse Bates. Those guys have got to hold up on the backside if the Bengals are going to clearly muck things up against Mahomes. Um, and I'm going with Chris Jones, the uh, the stud edge. Yeah. You know, 15 and a half sacks this year tied his career high, but it's not just his play. Cause he's a little bit of an obvious choice being the, the lead rush guy, but I think he's the one that was saying, talking about Burrowhead, all this Burrowhead. You know, we'll see you at Burrowhead Stadium after yeah. the press conference uh, Friday. It just feels like he's taking that real person. Like he had a smile on his face, but it feels like one of those deals where he's like, okay, Burrowhead, yeah, yeah, they think they own us. <laughs> Watch this. Uh, we're going to see who owns who on Sunday. It feels like he's going to have three sacks. It feels like he's going to be in Joe Burrow's face all day. It feels like that sort of special. Like I said, this is a little bit of a psychological pick, uh, not so much the talent. I, I recognize the Bengals and their talent. I give them all the props. But this feels like it's a little too much edge. I know you think their edge is their edge, and I, I guess I agree with that. But there's, there's a point. There's an extent to it. Uh, you can have too much edge and too much swag, and I think they finally are getting to that point where they got too much swag, where they act like they're going to walk up into Kansas City and just take them down as they've done it before. And I think the Chiefs are going to be like, no, 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 no. We're not letting that happen again. Well, all right. So I, uh, we're in the after show now. So yes, I can tell you, since we agreed, and we agreed fairly forcefully with each other on the Eagles pick, there's no yeah. reason for there was no reason zero reason for me to agree with you or disagree with you on this game. I mean disagree because if I lose it's over and if I win you still have to pick the Super Bowl anyways. Right. So being that this was the game that we we disagreed on, I've got an Eagles Bengals Super Bowl and you've got an Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl. Um, I, good luck picking one of those. Yeah, all these, all four of these teams have uh, have the right to be there. There's no, it doesn't feel like there's any flaws, like you already said. 
Yeah. Uh, this is about as evenly matched uh, of a final four as I can remember uh, in, in recent years. I, I, also, I also don't anticipate, and this is probably going to help you uh, picking the Super Bowl, is I've really got that sense that you're probably just picking a winner. I don't feel like any of these four matchups are going to have some of these crazy Super Bowl lines that we've had in the past. Um, I don't see... If anyone's favored by more than three, I'd be shocked. Yeah, right. Yeah, if it's the Niners, maybe, you know, they'll, they'll discount the whole Brock Purdy thing some and, and, and give it give the edge to, you know, a little bit more than three to one of those teams. But I don't think you're going to be having to worry too much about points in the Super Bowl. I, I, I doubt that. I sincerely doubt that. So uh, that, that's, it, that's fun. It was a good show once we got the audio figured out. Yeah. You, you could hear me. That's the uh, that's the key part to making it a good show. Is I, I wasn't breaking up all over the place. So. Right. Yeah. So at least you could your hear audio me. your audio quality on the phone is clearly not as good as your audio quality on the direct line. But I heard everything you said. Yeah, that's the best you can ask for. Um, and these new buds are kind of discounter uh, cheap buds, but it's better than listening to me on speakerphone. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, it worked. We got through it. We were we were clear and concise, and we knew what we were saying, and we still had to rush on that last pick, only picking two games. <laughs> of course. I, so I, uh, I, I, I convinced myself. Uh, I actually cut out some stuff <laughs> to leave you that much uh, time. <laughs> honors and dishonors next week. Yeah, we. Uh, what, what day do we usually do that? Sunday night. Okay, sounds good. Uh, that would be our normal, I believe, because we te- we used to do it against the Pro Bowl, and that was always on that that <laughs> Sunday evening. Now it's the flag, whatever. Um, the Pro Bowl I would, games. I would, <laughs> I would anticipate us like doing Olympic that. Games, the Pro Bowl games. Oh my God! I, I would anticipate that being a uh, Sunday 9 p.m. show uh, on next Sunday the fifth. Sounds perfect to me. And, uh, yeah, I've already got my, my slots up here on my, uh, my Excel spreadsheet that I've been keeping track of everything for the year. So I've got my honors and dishonors ready to go. And then we'll move into our Super Bowl, which I uh, – are we going to do uh, a best worst and all that for the, ch- the conference championships? I mean, we could. We could. Um, but we'll do that. Okay. Yeah, we always, the Super Bowl. We always recap the conference title games before we made our Super Bowl pick. Right. So, so we'll just do it we'll in the way that thing. only we do it. In our own unique way. No one else does and, it like us. That's, and surprisingly, in four games, we managed to, to not stumble all e- all over each other's awards. Well, that's good. We, we've been completely uh, going lockstep with each other, although we we tried. We did agree on a few things that, that some of those things deserved to be agreed on. Right. That, that is the what the fuck of the weekend is watching uh, your Man. star start running back lineup in, in, at center and snap the ball and just get struck. Like you, you're trying to get him hurt. Do you, <sighs> you hate him that much now? What the hell are you doing? Uh, yeah, that was the, one of the, the best setup for the pitchy pitchy woo woo and there was no pitchy pitchy. Yeah. One of the best posts I saw of the weekend said that they knew exactly what the design was for that play and it was going to be, uh, you know, tossed to, you know, the, 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 the quick pass to, to Turpin and then the laterals all around and then they, they, they who runs into the end zone and Brett Maher misses the extra point. 
Uh, yeah, or they go for two. <laughs> right, because they don't mad. trust their kicker to make a 33-yard extra points. Go for the win. Listen, you, McCarthy holding up two fingers. Two, two, please. <laughs> and then they just have Jesus, that wow. shot, that the, the shot of Brett Maher just sort of dead eyes on the sideline, staring <laughs> off with, with the with the 50-yard stare. Yep, standing right next to Jeff uh, Saturday. Oh, man, what a great game. <laughs> wow. This is awesome. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you know, doing these on Sundays leaves me a little less time, it feels like, in the after show because I want to get back to family time and seeing the kids. So we can call this thing a show. It's been a fun, you know, 90, 97 minutes to talk about four games and uh, pick two. Yeah, we hope we uh, got everybody ready uh, sufficiently in the live portion to uh, do what you're going to do as far as these games, uh, whether you're going to put some investment in it or not. I officially declare that I have no... Ah, okay, you you took what I was going to say. Did you put money on either one of these? Because I might have changed some of my picks based on... I I started to say I have no... It's been such a long morning. I started to say, I officially declare I have no money on either one of these games. And then I had to stop because I'm lying. I actually do. I forgot. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, well, one of these uh, sportsmen did the, the whole uh, free, uh, you know, uh, no sweat bet deal again. You know, oh, sure. Bet 25. And if, you, if you lose, you get to get the $25 free bet. So I, I couldn't resist. So I forgot. I actually did, uh, just did that. Oh. Well, I can um, tell you, I dfs four lineups this weekend. And each lineup yep. is a stack of each of the four teams. Okay. So I basically have an mm-hmm. Eagle stack, a Chiefs stack, a Bengal stack, and a Niners stack. Right. And then just, just you know, goes off and, and then just yeah. ancillary pieces, right? You're just sort of hoping that one yeah. of those four teams, you know, has that game and uh, that you pick that part right and that the other pieces that you sort of sniped off some of the other games that you bet right on. So it's an interesting way of doing it. So I, I'm, it's all four in the same field, uh, trying to just kind of just spray all over and just hoping that one of those four wins me more than I bet. And as you've learned all season and specifically last week with Gamewell, it's always one of those ancillary pieces Man. that is that winds up making a difference. He turned my weekend yeah. from loser to a profit. I finished up. Yeah. I didn't win. I didn't finish up by much, but up is up. Right? Up is it's better the, than down, always. Up, up is up. So it doesn't matter whether you're at the casino or no matter what you're doing. If you start the week with a certain amount of money and you end with more, it's a success. And I've got Kenneth Gainwell to thank for that. <laughs> if you start so with that, more money than you got the touchdown, with, then you're a winner. He, Kenneth Gainwell is the third string, probably. He got the 100-yard bonus. He got a touchdown. He had a couple receptions. And he did it all at very limited salary. So I felt pretty good about having Kenneth Gainwell in that lineup uh, that I had that, that, that pulled the profit out for me last week. It sure wasn't the Bills. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, um, so I, I – now I'm thinking about what I did money-wise. It, it actually doesn't affect the point spread because, again, when you get ah. spreads that low, I, yeah. I'm just taking straight up. So uh, my my 25 is on uh, Philadelphia straight. The, the mm. point point spread doesn't matter. 
they're going to lose. I suspect. <laughs> oh man, um, I, I, I stacked it in a, in a one game parlay with some some in game props. Like uh, I think I got Debo over twenty yards rushing, something like that, um, and, and a couple of other things. So so that's how I did that. So it actually doesn't so, uh, affect the, the the pick. I will say one thing I have learned with uh, my son in his YouTube effort is how easy editing is. So it's given me thoughts of at some point uh, carving up some of our previous efforts to, to sort of re-air or, or to get out there. So that might be fun to try. Uh, do you want to try your hand at editing? Uh, be my guest. I have no issues with, at all with that. Um, it probably is a lot easier. I just, I'm, I'm freaked out by the whole process. But Shockingly uh, yeah. easy. <laughs> I will say. It is... I don't know if it's just the program I'm using, but it is drag and drop, plug and play, you know, just stacking things and inserting things and cutting and pasting. I, I'm stunned. If you, if you take the time to watch uh, either one of Grant's videos, uh, you'll, you'll see what I, you know, you'll, you'll clearly see edits. It's not just 10 minutes mm-hmm. of raw footage. It's all edited and cut down and sped up and there's music and there's, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. So, uh, just going through that experience is uh, it's fun. I will say that it's fun. I've had my kids helping me and my daughter and um, everybody. It's been a it's been a team effort uh, getting this all up there and you know and, and uh, little buddy uh, cute factor gets to be the the face the face man and I get to be the production okay. crew. Although you do hear me in the background a lot, uh, you hear the disembodied my disembodied voice uh, when there's conversing going on. Is, is you know you hear me in uh, in conversation, but I have no aims to be on camera at all. <laughs> my, my my kids have the face for TV. I have the face for radio. Um, and what's the plug again? What's the YouTube channel? Uh, Pokey Grant. Pokey Grant. Pokey right. Grant. So he's open Pokemon card. So it's Pokey P O K E, and then his name Grant. There are two other Pokey Grants. You will clearly see which one he is by the screenshot, because only 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 uh, Grant has that big cheesy smile grin on the front of his channel. He's already got two, he's already got uh, he's already got two videos up. Okay, he's got two videos out there. Uh, there's a third one I have to still edit. So there's actually a, a, a third video that'll be edited and up again sometime probably this week. And we've already easily got plans for – we've got enough content to make another four or five videos after that. So, wow. Okay. So it's been fun. Well, it's, it's actually been fun. And it's just funny watching him how, like, excited. Like he's, he never gets on the air with us and says anything. Right. He just says hi. He actually show. talked. He actually talked to you today, and, no, and put in a shameless plug. And, and, he, and he put in a shameless plug for his YouTube channel. Of course. Yeah. He, he, you know, it's his first time doing that. He, he didn't actually say the name, so he, he, he didn't practice at that. But he didn't. But I still thought it was a good thing. It was, it was a nice little slide in. He, he seamlessly oh, yeah. slid that in there. So. All right. Well, I'll let you get back 
to your wife and your family and enjoy your Sunday. We've got an hour, a little over an hour until kickoff, and yep. uh, it'll be fun. I, 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 I like the division round. I know you hate the name, but I love the division round. That's my favorite weekend of football of the year. But clearly this to me is the second best because so many times the Super Bowl is so anticlimactic that this ends up really being the best week of football. But to me, it's the second best week of football. But still, it's still good. Well, the, super, the Super Duper Bowl is clearly about the pomp and circumstances leading up to the games. Yes. These games are actually about the games. This is you know, where the actual best teams figure out who's going to the big uh, Super Duper Bowl. So this is right. where the, who's, sort of right. the best football gets played. Right. Who who is the best in their conference and gets to go to the clown show? That's what we're going to figure out today. Yes. That's All right. Exactly well, right. good luck. Uh, we don't disagree, but we kind of do. Um, officially, and, we don't. Uh, officially, we do not disagree. Unofficially, I like the Bengals <laughs> tonight. <laughs> so, all right. All right. Fun. You, you and Joe Shiesty. Uh Sunday night, next Sunday night, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. I'm assuming you'll be home. And dishonors. I think I will. Okay. I, I haven't been told otherwise. Okay. If but you're not, just let me know, and we'll so do it this way. Exactly. If not, we'll, we'll figure something out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, next Sunday, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central for Honors and Dishonors uh, 2022. We break down all of the best and worst of the NFL in only the same way that we can. And if you haven't heard, of, heard that show before, you're – Hopefully in for a treat because we you think we're crazy and irreverent now we really get loose uh, for that show so definitely looking forward to that can't wait I'll have I'll have the tux and plenty of adult beverage <laughs> and definitely looking forward to these games today hopefully we got you prepared for Niners Eagles and Bengals Chiefs and hopefully everybody will enjoy those games today um, and hopefully I'll be able to get over this fog in my throat. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening. And I can't say you uh, to enjoy your football because this is the after show, and nobody will hear this until after the games are over. Uh, so I'll just say uh, hopefully it was a really good game, um, and hopefully everything went right and nobody got injured. Um, and we will talk to you Sunday night for honors and design. Uh-huh.